Hey guys, what's up? Jamie Atkinson here. Welcome back to High Ticket Podcast Rebels. And you may also be listening on the Six Figure Podcast Rebel Show because today we have such an amazing guest on that we are going to put her out on both podcasts because I know you guys are going to absolutely love this episode as we dive in. She actually has her own podcast, which is very aptly named How to Be a Millionaire. Not many of you people at home who want to know how to be a millionaire, right? And she's the founder of Millionaires Academy. And what's really interesting about my guest today is that not only is she an 18 times best-selling author, but she's actually helped literally hundreds of her dream clients become these celebrity experts in their particular market. And she's helped them become best-selling authors. And beyond that, she's not just someone who is pretending to be a millionaire. She was a millionaire by the time she was 38. She's an incredible entrepreneur, one of my really interesting guests that's coming up, and I'm super excited to bring her on the show. Please welcome my guest, Sydney O'Sullivan. Sydney, welcome to the show. Hello, Jamie. How are you? Doing really good. It's kind of funny because, you know, we we come on these episodes and we do this like really big welcome where it's like, hey, what's up? Like we haven't just been talking for like 40 minutes before we got started. <laughs> but you and I, we've always got plenty to talk about. We always, Right, right. We, I, I think it's so funny because you put two of us in a room and someone would be like, hi, yeah, it, can we speak now? Is it our turn? And we'd just be like, no, sorry, sit back down. We're still going. So yeah, Sydney, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Um. One thing that really excites me about this is that, you know, when I first met you, I didn't actually realize that you had your podcast. And we were actually just talking before about, you know, the amazing name and how many people are searching for, you know, how to be a millionaire. And so we're going to dig into a little bit about that today. But for this interview, I also want to touch on some of the stuff that you help people to really understand, because, you know, I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say on the topic. But the idea of celebrity is something that I actually started looking into quite a lot about six months ago related to content, because, you know, we were having this discussion on my team about, well, how do we get people to recognize us more? How do we become, you know, the celebrity inside of our space? And we were talking about that sort of instant recognition. You know what I mean? Like when you walk into a room and people know, oh, that's the podcast guy. Oh, that's the lady that helps people with books. And even better if they know your name. So just to get started, Sydney, can you kind of give us a little bit of insight in, you know, this, this idea of celebrity and why it's so powerful when, when you're using this in your business? Well, Jamie, I'll, I'll tell you that what I start with my clients with, and this is how I got into the celebrity space, was when they come to me and they say, I have an idea for a book, or um, a lot of people, they have an idea of an autobiographic book over some traumatic experience that happened in their life, or they're <laughs> an expert and they want to write a book that will position them as an authority because they understand. They've been told like I was when I was um, when I was out starting my speaking career, one of my mentors said, first thing you need to do is write a book because that will make you media friendly. And then it will also help you get speaking gigs. It'll also help attract audiences. So I didn't know how to write a book and I didn't know what to write the book on because I started in business in high school and I had had so much experience. I've had restaurants, I've had clothing businesses, I've had IT businesses, you know, I've had all these different. And now, of course, now my publishing business and my speaker coaching. And so I was like, what should I write a book on? Too many topics. And I started to plan out what I wanted the book to do for me. And I find this is a really, really valuable lesson that I apply to all my clients whenever we start working together I'm like look I understand you want to write the story of your divorce but what's that going to do for your life right so let's sit down and think about what is this book the beginning of the journey 
two for you? What are your big goals? What are your, what do you really want in life? And for me, when I did that, when I, I did that a few years ago, I was, well, a decade ago, I was already a millionaire. I'd already succeeded in business, um, but I still felt like I was young and I was felt unfulfilled. And I was like, well, what do I really want? What do I want this to help me build? And I had wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. I was like on school stages a lot and all the school plays. And I started um, theater arts training in the States when I, uh, long story short, but I lived in Hong Kong and I did like English training for, for acting, then moved back to the States when I was 18, where I was born. And uh, they, and it was very different. They were training people for TV and movies and it was really hard to adjust. And I, I ended up dropping out because it was super competitive. I was living in LA and you've got to be able to sing, dance and act, right? And uh, Not so much I- then. No, so I did an audition for community theater and I couldn't dance and I was mortified and I gave it up. And uh, and so years later, I ended up wanting to be on stages because I hadn't lost that dream of being, you know, a speaker and changing people's lives. And uh, and I was thinking, well, how can I um, how can I marry up those two passions of mine? Like, how can I uh, put myself more in, in with celebrities and, and people who are doing what I always wanted to do, but also be on stage helping others. And I found that when I helped somebody write the right book to help them start achieving their dreams, and they started using that book to get themselves media, podcast interviews, you know, get on TV or get on stages and talk about it and sell people coaching programs or consulting, that if they had the right message to market, which I now call your million dollar message, if they had that right message, it could help catapult them into celebrity, as you said, in their particular niche or in their topic really quickly, because the book gives you clarity of your message. It gives you authority because um, for decades, it's been really hard to get a traditional publishing contract, but it's actually really hard to write a book for most people. So when you have a book out, people just take you a lot more seriously right away. It gives you a lot more credibility and authority. So anyway, what ended up happening was um, I started, you know, really leaning into the whole celebrity thing. I started actually calling my business celebrity experts and celebrity publishers. And I was a bit nervous. I thought maybe, you know, people might judge me and because we're always nervous about being judged, aren't we? Right, of course. <laughs> I know and, I am all the time. Yeah. So um, I thought, oh, gosh, people are going to say that I'm not a real celebrity. But honestly, what I have found is that because I'm just on social media, because I'm publishing books, because I'm helping others publish books, and we're um, we're just doing the minimum amount of like Facebook lives, and you know, you're out there, you're actually making a difference, and and I actually do get to work with some big celebrities now because I put it in my dream, like because I put it in the goals. I started actually attracting people who work with celebrities, and I do some ghostwriting and do some projects with really big celebrities. So it actually came to fruition because I made it. A man, part of the manifestation process, right? Put it on the vision board, actually put it in writing, said, this is my goal. And to, to wrap it up, what I have found is you only, and you would have heard this before, you only have to be a few steps ahead of the person who wants what you promise and you can deliver value for them. So I ran an event right before COVID and I had 500 people come. It was called Celebrity Fast Track. I had 500 people show up for the event. And I said to them, what do you want me to teach you? And they all said, we want to be a celebrity like you. And I was like, 
really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but as an 18 times bestselling author, that was enough, right? Right. As a one-time right. bestselling author, it was enough. I love it. I love it. And so just to go a little bit deeper into that, Sydney, when, when we're talking about celebrity, because there's a lot of people who are going to be listening to this, who think, okay, that's cool. Well, how do I become celebrity? Like what, what is it that would define me being that way? How do you, how do you kind of categorize that? How would you say, okay, well, this is what being celebrity is. So I think um, it's different for everybody. Like, I mean, I work with some seriously big celebrities who get like millions of searches every month on Google, you know, and uh, there are, and then there are people like some of my most successful clients who are able to take a simple message that's the right message for the right people and turn it into a multi-million dollar business. And then they become celebrities in a small, you know, area of expertise. So uh, I can give you a couple of examples. For instance, one of them was um, I had a client who was a real estate agent. Now, I always say that real estate agents should have a book because, but particularly a book that that separates them from all the other real estate agents that are pitching for the same business, because how are clients going to separate you from all the other agents that are pitching them? But if you've written the book that says how to get more money when you sell, then they can see that you're on their side, right? And that you have that expertise. So I had a client who was a real estate agent. She wrote her um, a book about how she'd been solving a problem for her industry. So she worked in a holiday town, a small holiday town in Australia. They had, a lot of people had holiday rentals that they weren't renting during the winter. So she started putting those places on um, short-term rental, which is like Airbnb or stays holiday homes. And she was making these uh, these landlords a lot more money. And then because she was the managing agent, she was actually making like about 20% of all the extra income that was coming in because of this little opportunity, this gap that she found in the market. So she wrote a book on the topic. We got it out. She started getting into the local media. We started sending it to the local media in her small town. They absolutely loved it because who are the biggest advertisers in newspapers? Think about it. Real estate, right? So the the newspapers are still always looking for somebody who's interesting and relevant that they can feature in their newspapers. So they asked her if they could put her on the cover of their weekend magazine. She got the cover, a huge double page spread in the newspaper, the local newspaper. She got invited to be on the local TV channel. The national TV picked it up. We ended up getting her, we ended up doing a national PR campaign and getting her on the biggest real estate sites in the country all because of this little book and because she's a great entertaining you know interviewee as well that helps and uh, she obviously because she had a retail agency and people were reading about her and they were seeing that she could solve a problem for them they started calling the agency like crazy her phones lit up she had to hire more people she brought in about a quarter of a million dollars of new listings to her agency and then within a couple of months sold her agency for millions and then was now she actually travels around the world speaking wow. about short-term rental and consulting so people actually pay her thousands tens of thousands of dollars to help them set up short-term rental businesses right so um that's the power of so now she is a celebrity she gets invited to come and speak at short-term rental conferences who knew there was such a thing but there are these huge right. conferences of people who are airbnb hosts right and they uh they bring her in and she speaks in front of thousands of people and 
she offers them her book and she get and she offers them her consulting program. So she's become a celebrity in her area. Another example is a, a these are my two like most successful. So I love to talk about them. But that's a great story. One. I'm loving it. I'm I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh my God, what a great <laughs> example of like celebrity. I'm like, this is a brilliant example. Oh, it's made it's made her hundreds of thousands of dollars. Another client of mine has made literally millions from his celebrity. He came to me because he was, he'd been a photographer. So he was already in his sixties. He'd been a photographer for 40 years. He knew a lot about building photography businesses. So, but he wanted to become, he wanted to transition from being an active photographer to being a photographer's mentor. And he didn't quite know how to go about that. So we, we, uh, we wrote the book, Success Secrets of a Professional Photographer. And then we got him running uh, ads to other, we got him on podcasts, actually, a lot of podcasts that, that are talking about photography to people who are interested in growing photography businesses. And these, these niches, these things which are like really highly defined can be very, very lucrative because, you know, it's really, really easy to talk to them in their language. So, right. um, and so he started getting his book out there because he was an author. He could get onto these podcasts, talk about it. And he started offering a mentoring program to, for people who wanted to be photographers. And I checked in with him, like, I'd say it was about six weeks after I told him to start running webinars and, and getting on, you know, getting as many interviews as possible. And I love people who are coachable. I love people that just go and do what you tell them to do, right? So he was like, I've made a quarter of a million dollars. And this was in the first six weeks from um, just, you know, selling 3000 to $5,000 mentoring programs. And now he's actually, he's been doing this for 10 years and he's just gotten better and better at it. And he travels around the world and he teaches other photographers how to build multi-million dollar businesses. So very- I love amazing. this because there's so much, there's so much similarity, I think, between, you know, writing a book and people coming on podcasts. And, and we actually talked about this a lot when we were comparing our businesses and saying, you know, it's actually interesting that people do, you know, these different strategies, but really for the, a lot of the time, the same end goal in terms of they want to get more exposure, they want to get more credibility. And ultimately, what does that really mean? They want to get more customers, right? Like that's the end goal that they all come towards. So what I'm curious about, Sydney, is, is I want to change gears real quick and ask a little bit about the podcast, just in terms of like when you launched it and, and what that looked like. So at that stage, had you already been established in your marketplace and this was kind of a natural next step or what made you want to launch that podcast in the first place? Well, it was actually when COVID hit and I had been running a lot of live events. So after a decade of helping people write books, which kind of just started out for me as a bit of a hobby, like I am, um, I was trying to write my own book and I couldn't figure out how to write a book. I really struggled with it. And I know a lot of people could relate. I, I, I'd been wanting to write books for years. I, I'm a book lover and I would have been wanting to write books for years, but I could never quite figure out how to structure the book and how to finish it. And, and um, I would just start projects and abandon them and start them. And eventually it became just really important to me to solve this problem. And I started buying everybody's training programs and you know studying with Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield and Brian Tracy and some of the biggest most successful authors and going to America a lot and I ended up creating my own system kind of complete templated system to help make writing books much easier and I just offered it out people kept asking me how did you get your first book written I got a publishing deal with traditional publisher for my first book who I met you know doing all these other guys trainings and events and I really didn't like the publishing. It was good. It was educational learning how to publish with these guys, but 
they took they took control of my book. They made me change the name. They controlled what the cover was going to look like, what the fonts were going to look like, and everything. And I wasn't happy with my book that I put my heart and soul into in the end. Oh, and but that particular book would have been because I couldn't get out of my own way and write my own book and figure out what topic. I decided that this was like ten years ago after the GEC. You know, after we'd had the big crash in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I had lost a lot of money in the stock market and real estate. I had a lot of real estate. And because of that, I lost a lot of it. So I decided that I would like to rebuild. Um, I had that entrepreneurial mindset. I was like, okay, I made it, lost it. So how do I remake it? But smarter this time, not on a jackhammer, you know? So I was like, um, so I decided to um, interview a whole bunch of the guys that I had been studying with, people that I'd met on my journeys that had built big online businesses. And I was creating a book called Fast Millionaire Formula. And I wrote this book by interviewing all these people. How would you make a million dollars fast doing what you do socially, like with social marketing and stuff? And the publishers in the end, they didn't like the name. They just said it sounded too get rich quick and they didn't want to do get rich quick books. So they made me change it. And it's now called Social Marketing Superstars. And it was a very successful book because I, one thing that, that I realized is when you interview people who are, already successful and they have big mailing lists, you can ask them to do a promotion for you. And some of them will, right. some of them. So they actually all started mailing out to their list because they were featured in the book and the book became a, a really successful bestseller on Amazon. And then, and then I couldn't really do much more with it because it was in the publisher's account and it sort of still sits with them. And yes, I could rewrite it, but since then I've gone on to do a lot more targeted projects, but the, the experience of interviewing all those, those millionaires had been so powerful that I decided to do it again. So when COVID shut my live events down, I decided, because I was doing almost all my business was coming in from live events. And when COVID shut those down, I decided that I would get back on to Zoom. Now we had Zoom, which was awesome, and start interviewing a whole bunch of really successful people I knew who had transitioned online very quickly and asked them how they were doing it and how what were their secrets to success. And I did some Google searching and I saw that nobody had a podcast called how to be a millionaire. So I decided to call it how to be a millionaire, which was gutsy. And I've got to be honest with you. I got some trolls initially when I first launched my podcast, I had a few trolls. When you go with a gutsy name, do you, right. have you ever had trolls, Jamie? Did you, did you get oh that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Every time I've <laughs> ever run any paid advertising, they, they're like, they're like smell in the air. They're like, Oh, you're spending money on Facebook ads. Let me come and ruin your life. And you know, it's like, <laughs> write these horrendous things on this page. This guy is a scam artist. Oh, I went yeah. on the page and he asked me for his email address. It's outrageous. Right. It's so funny. No, oh, I got this. that. I got, this is a scam, you know, but that, but actually it actually uh, motivates me when that, I didn't realize people could, could give you reviews on iTunes. So when I launched my podcast, um, so once I'd recorded these Zooms, what was awesome about it was I could make a podcast. So I did, I set up a podcast and I hired somebody who was very expensive to help me set it up. And really it's not that hard, but what's <laughs> tricky is it's initially, it's a bit overwhelming, which you'll, you'll probably, you probably teach people that. And, uh, and then um, the second thing was I had all this video content. So I also made it into a training program and then I could also transcribe them. And this is the great thing about zoom is it gives you the audio and the video and a transcript if you ask it to. And I could in fact, take those interviews and make them into more books if I wanted to, or more content for my training program. So anyway, I asked a lot of the people who I was interviewing when I started getting the troll reviews, 
I started, when I would interview one of these influencers, I would say, and honestly, the trick to getting influencers on, and you could probably confirm this, is you just ask a lot of them. It's a numbers game, right? You, you know, you, you have just to ask, ask a lot. Them. People are like, you know, it's so funny, Sydney, when people, you know, we have people that enroll in our program and we're like, okay, so, you know, we're going to build a sales system and we're going to, you know, have these deals coming in and we're going to show you how to make it an amazing experience for everybody. Any question, like what, what's, what's the worry? And they're always like, what if people don't say yes to coming on the podcast? And it's like the biggest, like nonstop fear that people have, but everybody has it. And it's so crazy because it's like the easiest thing in the world. It's like, you just ask a lot of people and that's it. Right. And like, people are so willing to come on. And I think what you're really great at, and this would be the secret of my success too, is you write really compelling invitations, you know, and this was the thing too, when I wrote my first book and I wanted to interview all these millionaires, I was nobody in their eyes. And I, what I did was, which I think was quite genius now, looking back. Um, I love those ones, but you look back and you go, damn, that was really good. I did good there, right? <laughs> and I probably picked it up sitting in somebody's seminar because I did a lot probably. of that, right? <laughs> um, but you do, you know, you're, it's all going in, it's going in, and then you pull it out when you need it. Was I wrote an invitation that said, I'm writing a book. I have a book contract. I'm writing a book about how to be a millionaire. And I would really love you to be a part of this project. And here are the people I'm inviting. And I put a list, like a three column list of Frank Kern and Sergey Brin of Google. And, you know, and these were all the people I sent invitations to. Um, Armin Morin, who's like taught so many of the marketers, he's like been the mentor to so many. And I, I did end up getting an interview with Armin after asking like 30 times, 30 different ways, but his was the best interview. It was just gold, right? So, um, but I just put a whole list of people that I was, inter- that I was inviting and then, then there's this like FOMO factor kicks in because they were like, well, I want to be in this book because this book is going to be awesome, right? So, right. so I started right. using celebrities to build my celebrity. And this is the other really powerful thing is I immediately built my celebrity brand because not only did I, what's called, we have these two concepts called celebrity attachment and celebrity leverage, right? So by by interviewing these people who are already celebrities, I built my celebrity because people assume that you're a peer when you, when you interview people who are of a high caliber, um, you get a big tick just for getting that person on an interview to start with, right? Okay. And then secondly, because a lot of them promoted for me, they helped build my celebrity. I was able to piggyback on their celebrity, right? So then um, that elevated my celebrity very quickly. And then because a lot of them were running live events, they started inviting me to speak at their live events about the about the book because they were in it right so so it happened quite quickly i can't remember the the question now but what was (laughs) (laughs) well we were we were asking about the podcast right and in terms of you know why you wanted to start it and that's where we went on to topic interviews and so i mean i guess one of my sort of follow-up questions related to that said is when you when you look at the podcast and and you definitely touched on this before we started the interview what what did you see, you know, in the time that you were doing the podcast? What what was the biggest thing that you felt like you got out of it? What was the biggest, I guess, benefit that you got from the show? Well, uh, there was a lot of really cool things. So one of them was I was able to reach out to people that I hadn't seen for years, people that I'd been speaking on stages with, or I'd bought their programs at some stage, or I'd but I had friendships with. Um, even passing friendships, you know, a few drinks in a bar or, you know, at an event. And um, and so I reached out to them and I said, hey, can I interview you for my podcast? And immediately they would say, sure, when do you want to, let's schedule it in, right? So we'd, we'd find a time that worked for us. 
And I started having these really awesome catch-ups with, with these amazing people who were doing cool stuff. Just And having just a really candid conversation like I am with you, you know, just like, hey, COVID's ruined my business. What are you doing? What's working for you? What do you recommend, <laughs> right? And they just started sharing all their like, well, you know, look, Facebook ads are not working for us right now. So we've moved over to YouTube and it's like amazing, you know, it's worth doing or, um, or hey, probably the biggest thing you're not doing, which I see most of my clients are not doing is asking for the sale, you know? So like people were um, giving me all this amazing advice. And so I felt really good about the content. And then once I started getting the troll reviews, I just started asking them, will you promote our podcast interview to your audience? And then we ended up getting a whole bunch of amazing five-star reviews because their audience loves them, right? So we started getting really good. And then people started asking me to be on their podcast because they see that your podcast is successful. And so my tips with the podcast would be, first of all, name your podcast something that's, I'm a big fan of keywords, right? So especially when you're naming your book or naming your podcast, and you probably would learn this from experience too, is like, make sure your podcast name has a name that people can understand really quickly. And that um, if it has a high search as well, huge bonus. Like my podcast became successful really quickly because there were already, I think it was like, there was thousands of people online searching for how to be a millionaire. So mine was highly targeted, right? And then in order to provide the value, I ended up interviewing millionaires on strategies to be a millionaire. And then the other thing was asking them to promote. You got to promote your podcast if you want it to rank. And then um, the and the, so the great thing for me was reconnecting. And then what I started doing was setting up affiliate relationships with a lot of these people. So I was like, hey, have you got anything that I can promote for you? And uh, and then if, if you promote for them quite often, then they'll promote for you, you know, in exchange. So right. so I started setting a lot of that up. And uh, what else was really great about it was creating all that content but also it was really nice during COVID to get together with my friends have zoom chats I spent a good six weeks recording a whole bunch of the interviews so it was really social it was great reconnecting and um and then of course you end up with this content which you can repurpose in so many ways for years to come this is something I say about all the time when it comes to podcasting you know and, and I had a conversation with a couple of people you know in the recent months and I said you know Hey, what's, you know, what's going on with your business? You know, you're, you're trying to scale, you're trying to do these things. Like what's really like stopping you? Cause you've been trying to do this for a few years and they'd always say things like, well, I tried this and I did it for three months and it didn't work. And then I tried this. And I said, have you ever thought about just doing what you love and turning that into a client generating strategy? And I'm like, what do you love? And, you know, for me, the thing that I loved was podcast interviews. And I said, wow, like if I can just do podcast interviews every you know day or, you know, three, four times a week or whatever, I'd be super happy. Like, and so if there's a way I can turn that into a way to generate clients and to grow my business, like I'm going to be super happy. And so I, I recently took a step back and I said, well, what are two things I love doing? And for me, it's writing emails and I love writing and it's doing podcasts. And so I was like, if I can just do those two things and have a business that lets me just do those two things, and I don't do anything else. I'll be super happy. And you know, this is something I shared with, with everybody. Like in February, I just quit social media. I was like, don't do it anymore. Like I don't go on Facebook. I don't try and get clients from Instagram. I don't do all of that stuff. You know, I, I just said no to it all and instead focused on just the one thing. And so I think you touched on something really powerful there, Sid, which is like, you actually were just enjoying yourself in the process. Like you just love doing those podcast interviews. I know, is that, does that ever like resonate with you, those thoughts? I, you know what, Jamie, for me, I love to talk business. I love it. I'm just, I'm a natural born entrepreneur. 
Uh, I regret that it took me to 27 to finally start my first real business. <laughs> I had I, business ideas, as I said, from high school on. And my parents used to always say, just get a job. Like, what is wrong with you? And um, anyway, That's so weird. I, parents never say that. That's so strange. <laughs> They still say it to me today. Anyway, the um, but the the different generations and everything, and not everybody gets the entrepreneur mindset either. You know, it's it's a it's a drive. You know, we can't once we, once you're entrepreneurial, and I love all my best friends and I, even my girlfriends. We just talk shop. We love to talk about marketing. We love to talk about business models. One of my favorite things is when one of my friends needs money, and they come to me, and they're like. I need to come up with a business idea and I get to like get a spreadsheet and sort of nut out a million dollar business <laughs> for them, right? You know, all you got to do is do this and get this many numbers and this many subscribers. Great at doing it for everyone else, right? So right, right. it's my passion. My passion is helping people, which is why I have Millionaires Academy and then I also have Celebrity Experts. So this is an interesting dichotomy. Uh, and to finish that topic is that I love to talk shop. So why not record it? Like if you're going to have a conversation like you and I do, like what's working, what are you doing that's working? And then be able to record it. Now you can share it. Now it actually isn't just, it's valuable information when we're having those conversations, but it actually becomes really powerful when you share it out to the world for people who are interested in what you're talking about, right? Totally agree. So yeah. And and the other thing I was going to say was that this is a, worth mentioning is so people come to me all the time because they want my help with a book. I've become known as the, the lady that can help you with your book. So people who help, I, I've helped in the past recommend their friends. I get a lot of referral. A lot of my clients come back to do another book. And it's, it's what they want. They want to do a book. But I want to help them monetize. And this is why I love you and why you and I get along so well is <laughs> you've created a way to help. There's thousands and thousands of people out there with podcasts, but they don't know how to monetize them. And you've created that. And I've created a way to help my clients monetize their, their expertise by using a book as the front end, right? So, um, and and my I get my excitement out of having clients like Julie and Bernie, who I was telling you about, who take what I teach them and run with it and have right. enormous success because it's good for them and it's great for me and it's inspiring for everyone else, right? And, right. but unfortunately, what I find is that people don't come to me for how to build a million dollar business. They don't come to me for, they come to me for like, just, can you just help me write a book? And then I've got to like, and I, what this comes back to is an old marketing term, which is you sell them what they want and then you, give them what they need. In, you give them what they need. Right. So I then try and bonus the business coaching and the, and the long-term strategy if they're open to it. And do you find that a lot of people just don't have the right mindset? They just can't accept that. Yeah, this is something I this is something I say to people all the time. And it's also something that I give people to as advice when they're creating their business is, you know, a lot of the time people think, well, I'm going to, you know, do a YouTube business or I'm going to do a podcast business. And I think you know, a lot of the time you have expertise that's separate from that. And what's sometimes better is bringing that expertise into a market. So for example, my program isn't really about podcasting, which might blow your mind. What it really is, is building a sales system, which just so happens to be in the format of a podcast. And this sales process is not a new thing that I invented three years ago when I came across podcasting. It's sales that I've been doing for the past 10 or 15 years. It's the same strategies I use to build sales teams, to input these different, you know, elements. And really just, you know, we use sales in a very different um, way inside of my business. And the way I've always been taught to sell is just to make people feel amazing whether they buy or they don't. 
because even if they don't buy today, they come back and it lends itself really well to podcasting. And, you know, I actually have a lot of women that join my program and they love it because it's kind of the opposite to the very masculine, like close them on the call approach. But, you know, generally it feels really good to sell that way. And also people really like it. And so the big thing I always tell people, you know, when they're coming inside of these, you know, uh, sales consultations where we're talking about this offer is, you know, look, at the end of the day, yes, you can go through a 12-week or a 16-week process. You can write the book. You can do the podcast. You can do YouTube. But like, what are you really doing? And for most of us, we're, we're really, you know, we're building a client acquisition system. We're trying to find a way to bring clients into the business. And so my advice is always, well, take a step back and say, could you do that for the next two to three to five to 10 years, even if you weren't making any money from it? And if you can, then it's worth, you know, taking the time to go and build those systems because you know this as well as me. When you do have clients coming in, you occasionally get those rip-roaring successes. I mean, I had a, a client called Reem who came into our program. She closed a $4 million deal on a 20-minute podcast episode. I was like, thank you for the amazing testimonial. I'll use it forever. I had another client who closed somebody from Shark Tank. I was like, thank you. And not only that, he recorded it. I was like, oh my God, this is the best gift you could have ever given me. Thank you so much. It's on every sales page, you know? But as well as, you know, those clients who go and, and you know, take off to the moon, the reality is, you know, the majority of people, these things, they take time to install. And I think, you know, it's so funny. Everybody has this mentality of, you know, get rich quick, you know, build this stuff quick. And I talk to a lot of people now about this principle of, you know, macro, uh, sorry, micro slow, but macro fast. And I think I heard it from like Alex Mosey or somebody where the idea is you go slow in your day to day. You have one course of action. You go towards just the one thing, but you do it the same thing for years and years and years. And, you know, it might take you twice as long as you think, but you'll usually go a hundred times further than you thought was possible. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, that whole ethos. Yeah. I think you've hit on something really important and that is and I actually have a whole nine step system, which I've like, you know, made it into a graphic to help me remember it and, sh and to show my clients. And that was, that is that you started off saying like, well, what would I do if I could do it for the rest of my life? And I love interviewing people. Right. So, um, so you set, um, you got really clear on what you love doing. So the first step in my nine step system is the, um, what do you want your life to look like? You know, what are your goals? And I find that a lot of people, are afraid. I think what happens is it kind of gets beaten out of us in the school system, actually, you know, being able to dream. Like I had a, a children's clothing business when my kids were babies and I would see it in reality, I would see it happening. Like people would come into my store and they would say to the little girl, what, uh, what, what do you want? Which coat do you want? And the little girl would go pink, pink, I want the pink or, you know, purple. And the mother would say, Mm, I think we'll have the Navy because then her brother can wear it after her. Right. So, and I was thinking, Oh my God, you're dream crushing already. Right. Right. Why did you ask? Right. So, right. And, you know, and you see people when their kids are babies, they're like, they encourage them to be brain surgeons or firemen or ballerinas. And then they start getting into the school system. And then you get that whole, be realistic. You know, you're going to say, oh, forget that dream I told you all about and built you up to. We're going to crush that. Let's go. It's time to be realistic. You're not a kid anymore. Right. All of those things. All of that. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, just, uh, you know, people just kind of, they, they bash it out of us. You know, it's just constantly stopping. So what are you, why do you have rose colored glasses on? Why can't you be realistic? You just get a job. Right. And 
Um, and so what happens is when then we get to a stage in our life, well, usually for a lot of us, it's in our, most of my clients are in their sort of 50 plus age. And they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I've made enough money to sort of like, you know, start something new or whatever, or, or, you know, I'm going to die and I really need to get a book written that I've wanted to write all my life, you know, and I have to help them go back to what, what do you love doing? You know, what do you, what would you, if you got to talk about it in the media for the next 10 years, what would be something that you could still be excited and passionate about? Right. So, um, so we do a lot of work on that. Like, what are your goals? And then, then the next step is we look at what are what is pe- what are people willing to pay you for? So what is a problem out there that people are willing to pay to have solved, right? So it's like, what are your goals? What are their goals? And then step three is how do we marry up the two? And as I and re- to relate that back, it's like I love teaching people how to build seven figure businesses, but what people want from me is how to write a book. So we start with how to write the book. And then we figure, and then one of the first things I do with them is what do you want out of this? Like, is it going to be, is it going to help you bring in lots of clients? Or for a lot of people, it's just, they really want to be heard. And that also relates back to your podcasting. It's not always just about money for people. For some people, it's just about finally stepping into their dream of being an interviewer or being an actor or being, you know, um, significant, you know, of actually just mattering, you know, making a difference. And so it's really important that you get clear on that because if all they want, like I have one client who he was writing poems. He makes a great living trading the stock market, but he loved writing poems. So he trades the market in the morning, makes his money, and then he, he's got the rest of the day off. So he, um, he writes poems. So he came to me and he said, can you just help me put my poetry into a book? And he said, look, I don't want to build a business or, you know, be in the media. It's just a, I just want to write a beautiful book that I can give my friends. So we, we did that. I said, yeah, sure, we can do that. So we did this book and, and he loves it. And he's one of my happiest clients because he's so happy with his book. And he's gone on to do like two others now, one in Russian. And I didn't mention that we had to translate his poems from Russian and then, you know, (laughs) It was, oh yeah, just that little caveat a, there. Yeah, just a, a just, just a minor detail that made it slightly <laughs> more difficult, you know, translating it from Russian. But you know, I, I totally believe in this, and you know, it's it's something that we so often forget when it comes to sales. It's actually just asking, well, what do people want? Because we get so wrapped up in what we do and how we help and what we're gonna do that we sometimes forget to just listen. And you know, that's that's the key is listening to what people want because they'll tell you you know, if you give them space to talk and talk about their dreams and what they imagine their life to be like, they'll tell you exactly what they want. And so you don't have to give them all the stuff they don't want. Imagine that guy, you start talking about building a business and making it seven figures. He's like, I just want my poetry in a book, you know, like that's all he wants. Yeah. And listening is a huge key to sales. And it's very challenging for people like you and I, because we're chatty, you know, um, and we have a lot to say. But I found that once I was able to uh, build a business that attracted leads, which is important to me, I'm, I'm very much into making money while I make a difference in the world. Um, but once I was able to start getting leads coming in and I encourage them to book a call, you know, if they want to talk about coming to one of my retreats or because I do need to figure out or, you know, or having a publishing deal. I need to figure out what their goals are and which package to put them into. Because as you say, it's, there's no point in, in trying to push them into a high ticket program that isn't a fit for them, you know? So, but if right. you can, if you can charge them less and give them what they want, then I, I need to know that by having that conversation. Right. So yeah. what made a huge difference for me, and I think it's a good tip for everyone is 
when I actually learned how to just say, so tell me what you want my help with, and then let them talk and listen, my close rate is extraordinarily high because I then I can, I'm actually hearing what they want. I'm not, and what I noticed was, uh, I've, I've done some exercises and I think everyone should do this is when you're learning how to sell, you should, you should practice, you know, you should do like sales calls with a friend or, you know, with a colleague. And what I noticed is if you, as soon as you start trying to go into sales mode, you lose control of the conversation because then they start asking, asking the questions. And there's an old sales saying, which is whoever's asking the questions is in control of the conversation, right? Right. I'm so with you. I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah. And this is something that I actually had a conversation with, with one of my uh, team members, you know, literally just a couple of days ago. And, you know, we call it frame control. You can call it whatever you want to call it. And essentially it's, you know, if the other person is leading the conversation, they are in charge. And so it's going to be up to them in terms of what way they want to go. And, you know, I think it's a very important thing to understand that when we're on these sales conversations, yes, we want to, you know, help people. Yes, we want to figure out, you know, is this something that I can actually help them with? You know, can I even help you in the first place? You know, but a lot of the time we we think sometimes that coaching or giving advice or or going into the the know-how, here's how you do it, is the best way. And often we actually end up unselling them. And so just to kind of finish off that point, Sid, one of the things that I always tell people to really think about when they're going into any sales conversation, I love that we got onto the topic of sales because I just geek out on this stuff, is, you know, is this a sale to be won or is it a sale just not to lose? And so this is a really, you know, interesting thing to think about is, you know, is this person coming in ready to give me the money and I just don't have to mess it up? Or do I have to persuade them that this is going to be right for them if I think it is? And so this is something that I always, you know, just help people really think about because you'll be amazed how many times I've done it and other people have done it where we've gone in and someone was like, well, I was actually going to buy from you, but now you said this, I think I'm going to take some time and think about it. And you're like, no, what have I done? But that happens so frequently, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. And I had somebody like uh, do a sales call on me the other day and she said to me, um, and they're really expensive. They're like $10,000 a month. Right. So I said, they said, um, I said to her, oh, I just can't justify that right now. And a lot of other salespeople would have probably just gone, okay, well, you know, that's, you're not a fit. Right. But she actually turned it back on me and she said, hmm, but really like, is that maybe something that's going on in your head? Because it seems to me, there's a lot of things you could do to generate $10,000 a month just like that, right? And I was like, ooh. Such ooh. a good line. <laughs> yeah, really write that one down. Like, who is the sales lady? And is she looking for a new job? Because we're hiring right now. Like, let's send that lady over here. That's a super good question. <laughs> so, well, it's so true because there are so many things we can do to make $10,000 a month, right? Yeah. And I think it's about knowing how to handle objections. So when a lot of people are going to say to you, I can't afford it. There's going to be a lot of people because they genuinely are strapped, you know, like um, I just lost a whole lot on crypto when the crypto market fell. So I'm, I'm wounded. I'm wounded right now. So I'm, I pulled in, I pulled in on expenses. Right. So, but that doesn't mean that I'm not open to uh, something that's genuinely going to work. Like, you know, and it's just a matter of, proving to somebody that you that you have something that works you know and like with my business I've been working with um, a new marketing well not new we've been working together for about six months a marketing strategist and he his job is to 
remind me of things that I've forgotten, you know, or like (laughs) I've done everybody's courses. I don't need to learn anything new. It's really just helping me really in my shiny object syndrome and my entrepreneur's curse and stay focused, right? Because that is the key. Stay focused. Pick a Pick a, a route, you know, that, that takes you to your dream goal and then stay to the path. That's it. Horse blinders right? on. Yeah. So he said to me a few a couple of months ago, he was like, do you have any video testimonials? Because I was saying to him, look, I'm really good at what I do. It's just that so many people have been burned on the journey to getting a book written and published that I need to just convince them that that I'm the one to trust. You know, if we can just get them a, across that barrier of, is this going to be another disappointment? You know, then I think I can get them great results. If we can just get them across the line, we have a huge success rate. So um, so he said, well, do you have any video testimonials? And I do live events and we take videos all the time at our live events. So I started pulling them together. I was like, oh, I do actually. And I started pulling them all together. And I've just created a page on my website that has 50 video testimonials. And I was like, wow, that's powerful. Right. So um, and I started and it also started reminding me of how good I am at what I do, because we all have self-doubt and COVID has really knocked us around. I think, you know, the lockdowns and I had some super, super successful. One of my best clients was he had 250 franchises and he got massively, you know, knocked us uh, around by by COVID because they were retail franchises. Yeah. I actually noticed this when I went to a live event uh, about a year after the pandemic. I I was, you know, I'm, if you think I'm chatty now, wait until you see me at a live event. I'm like, I'm like a ping pong ball. Like I'm bouncing around everybody. I'm bringing people together. I'm I'm a connector. That's kind of what I love. And I was at this event and I noticed that my energy was just very reserved and very quiet. And it was like, wow, it's so interesting to to see how when you don't interact with people on a regular basis, how it affects you. And, you know, luckily now I live in Costa Rica and, and it's a lot more vibrant and I go out and I talk to people all the time. And so I'm kind of back to my old self. But, you know, for the longest time, it it wasn't really that way. You know, it was it, it did feel like I was, you know, knocked for a loop. And this is something that I encourage people to do actually inside of our program as well, Sid, because so many people, whether it's you or it's your sales team, you forget what differences you've made in people's lives. And so one thing we get our clients to do now, and I get my sales team to do this as well, is that every week, usually on a Friday, I will go out or sometimes we do them earlier in the week, but I'll get my sales team to do an interview with a new client who has a testimonial to share. And so what happens is that one, you get an amazing testimonial. Two, you don't have to do it yourself. Your sales team is going to do it. And three, their belief in the product goes through the roof. And so from that point, then every other deal that they're touching suddenly turns to gold. And it's because they've literally just had a conversation where they can see the results of what's happening. And so I think, you know, you touch on a really good point here. It's like, oh man, I forgot I had all these amazing testimonials. If you can find ways to work that into your own business to remind you, to remind your sales teams, like, hey, here's what's really cool. You know, look at this result. I think it's so much more powerful than just like seeing a screenshot of somebody saying, oh, I made 20 grand. Like actually learning the stories, learning the people behind the stories. And then that way, it's much easier for them to retell that in sales environments because they're not saying, oh, I saw this screenshot on Facebook from, you know, Sid over here. Instead, it's like, oh no, like I met Sid. I heard her story. I know where she's from. We connected about this. Here's what she felt about it. Here was her pain. Here was her journey. And because they've had that interaction, they can they can draw on it much more powerfully. So I massively believe in the power testimonials. And that's a little hack that 
we teach all of our clients to do when it comes to the podcast as well. And can I actually add to that in that when I started my podcast, I started inviting a lot of my successful clients to come on on my podcast and they started raving and, you know, I'd never, I hadn't followed up with them. I hadn't asked them, how's it going? You know, so, you know, I got Bernie, my photographer on, and we did a great interview and he just started raving about the results that he'd gotten from my coaching. He started to cry and I'm like, oh my God, I'm recording this, zip it, right? And I... (laughs) And I just let him talk and it was beautiful, you know? And so then I started inviting as many of my clients who would come on my podcast as possible because it's a fantastic way to connect with them, reconnect, you know, find out how it's going and have as much time as you need to let them tell their story. And um, podcasts are brilliant for that. And the other thing I, I would like to share is we do something called Storymonials. And that is at our live events, we will actually take time in the breaks and sit down with our clients and ask them to talk about where they were. And because, you know, a lot of testimonials are that canned formula. They're that, you right. know, uh, you know, wooden just, and they're a bit, yeah. yeah. Or they're, and they're not that useful because, yeah, I'm at this event and I'm super hyped, but then like, you know, they never do anything with it. But, but we actually sit down with our clients and we say, you know, tell us your story. Where were you at? Where were you stuck? How did we help? Um, what difference did it make in your life? How, how have things changed for you? And these can go on for 20 to 30 minutes, but they're fantastic. And at my some of my live events, I will actually even play a good 15 minutes of that uh, because it's so uh, one of those story monials or two or three of them because it's so inspirational to everyone to see not just me talking about it, but somebody else sharing their journey, you know? You know what's so- powerful as well? I had I had one of those done for one of my really good friends, Travis Sherry, and uh, he was the guy that helped me quit my job and, and basically travel uh, when I first got started. And uh, he, he he's, a, he's the best. He's like, you're my best testimonial ever. Anytime you want to do anything, like, you know, he, he kind of shares these things. And uh, it's, it's like, can be really inspiring, but you know, I was at his house in Philadelphia and he was like, Hey, I got my videographer coming around in 20 minutes. Let's do this. And like, you know, he set up and I, and I did one of these story testimonials and what was really powerful about it is yes, it was great for him, but it was so good for me as well. I used that story testimonial again and again and again in my own business because it was my story. It's like where I had come from and it was professionally shot and it was cut together really beautifully and it had B-roll and all of this stuff. And so, you know, that's what's really cool about these is that when your clients do these for you, if you do a good job with it, like it's something that they can use as well. So it's dual benefit. And, and what's really cool about that is that, you know, when it when there's something in it for them, they're going to give it the nines because they're going to, you know, get the benefit for themselves. And so they're going to tell the full version of that story to its full extent rather than just, you know, half-assing it maybe because they know there's something in it for them as well. And when you let them talk, gold comes out that you wouldn't have got if you just said, okay, thanks, you know, like you know, after one minute. So, right. um, and I'm excited to do a new podcast because what, I, what I'm planning to do now is I, I actually had an, I found a little niche for myself, which was one of my friends is a celebrity agent and he works with a lot of top, top Hollywood celebrities and they have nonprofits and they're not really marketers and they don't really know what to do, how to monetize their nonprofits. So I've come up with a model, which I want to prove myself. I like to, you know, be my own case study first. So I, I want your help to help set up a podcast that's specifically featuring a lot of my authors and my clients and, and um, just get a, you know, a, what what's really cool about it is, as we talked about before, is the multi-purposing of the content. So I want to do good quality podcasts and 
and I don't know, I hope my sound quality is okay and my visual. Yeah, okay. you sound great. Oh, good. Because generally, because at home, I'm usually based in Las Vegas and I have my big microphone like you and I've got my backdrop. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, sometimes it's better to just get it done, right? You got to do right. what you got to do. And uh, anyway, so I wanted to record these interviews, turn them into a good quality like YouTube TV show. Um, it can be, we could do, there's lots of different platforms. I have a lot of friends who've launched TV channels and they want me to put a show on their channels because here's the big exciting opportunity, everybody. There are a lot of people launching these alternate TV channels who are looking mm -hmm. for quality content. They need content to fill their channels all the time. And there's a lot of people putting out really average quality don't you think like there's a lot of podcasts right. out there that are done pretty yeah. well this isn't judge judy you know what i mean like they're, they're not putting out the good stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i want to create a new show that has like that has it's a good quality podcast that gives a lot of value for people who are becoming authors and want to learn how to how to write their books and how to promote their books because the number one question i get from everybody who's written a book is how do I sell my books? And it is super challenging. You've got to put a lot of work in or put a lot of money in is the reality right. of it. Yeah. And, and I, I believe in this a lot because it's the same yeah. with everything. It's the same with podcasts. It's the same with books. It's like, great. Like it's super easy to launch a podcast. It's super easy. Well, it's not super easy to write a book, but like it's relative, you know, you can write, I write a book. book but like, I write a book in a day now because I've got it all templated. It's not that hard, yeah. but it's, but, it's but the, how you sell it, it and how you make money from it is a whole different ball game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, then to create the show, create the podcast and create uh, a magazine. Also, magazine is so. So what I saw, for instance, with my celebrity clients is they're getting all this traffic on Google. What we can do because they're a nonprofit is we can get them grants from companies like Google and LinkedIn and we can get a lot of free traffic for them. They've already got traffic. We can start capturing the traffic right with ads and then. We, um, we pull that traffic into something that engages. And this is the challenge is how do you keep them engaged? And podcasts are fantastic for that. Magazines are fantastic for that. Books are great as well for different reasons, but they're better for people who are trying to establish their brand, right? right. Um, the reality is if you're already like a celebrity, then probably a magazine and a podcast is a better fit for you and a YouTube channel because people can engage with you. The visual people can engage with you on YouTube. The, um, the people who like uh, want something that's more regular, they can engage with you with the magazine, you know, and you know what I'm saying? You, you, this is your right. business, you know what, I, what I'm totally, saying. Totally, totally. I love it. I think it's going to be an amazing idea. Can't wait to help you put it together. And uh, this was a really great episode, Sid. I love going through these different angles. We talked about all sorts from sales to celebrity and all these different things. But for people that are listening right now who maybe want to get more Sid in their life and, and really just kind of understand more, obviously they can go to the How to Be a Millionaire podcast and listen back to some of the interviews. But where would be the best place for somebody to go to, you know, learn more about this process and, and really get connected with you so i have just created an awesome free course they get they'll get my best-selling book how to write a book they'll get my seven-day challenge course and a masterclass if they go to bestsellerssecrets.com so it's bestsellers with an s on the end secrets.com and they can get access to the the whole program and it sort of takes them through an hour-long case study of explaining some of these clients how they got their books and the media to work help build their businesses and the process of writing the book the, what, what's involved with like promoting your book and getting it to bestseller and that kind of thing and then a seven-day masterclass that they can just 
so they can actually get started on their book and do it. And the whole purpose of this is to just show them that I know what I'm talking about. And if they need more help, you know, to give me a call. But the reality is I want to help as many people as I possibly can. I can't help all of them. People ask me all the time if I'll partner with them. Honestly, I won't even partner with the big celebrities because generally this stuff costs money, right? I mean, you're, you're actually, you've got a great system that you're like partnering with certain affiliates <laughs> and stuff now. But the reality is it costs money to set up a partnership. And what I find is if the other party doesn't have real skin in the game, you end up doing all the work and you get no benefit right. out of it, right? Right. And then they don't really put a lot of effort into it, you know? Oh, God, I have I have taken to launch stage some amazing businesses that, that are not my topic of expertise, but for partners, you know, with partners. And almost always they've ended up just going, eh, I can't be bothered, you know, because there's a bit of work in it. And I just won't do it anymore. It's just too frustrating. So, you know, if they want people want to work with me, then they have to pay my fee. And I'm very reasonable. <laughs> But, but the reality is they can still get a huge value by going and doing my free stuff. Yeah, no, I love that. So guys, make sure you go and check that out. Um, super, super powerful. I appreciate you giving us something so valuable to give away for free here, Sid. That's super good. What was the URL again? Bestsellerssecrets.com. Bestsellerssecrets.com with an S on the end yeah, as well. Sorry, I, also, I also have Bestseller Success, which is my publish, one of my publishing businesses. And sometimes I get them confused. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of S's. How do I remember with it? So there you go, guys. Go to bestsellerssecrets.com. Find out how to be a bestseller and all of Sid's wonderful secrets. I love it. Sid, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on an episode in the future, I'm sure. Thank you.